Welcome to episode 10 of Off Target Podcast, a podcast where we usually talk about Apex and sometimes other things. Uh, I am Nature's Bless, or Timothy. I'm joined by special guest, Tag Tom Apex. Tom, want to introduce yourself to the people? Hello, uh, my name's Tom. Uh, play Apex, I also own Transatlantic Gaming, and I'm the Apex Legends competitive writer for esports.gg. So let's talk about that. So let's, let's talk about esports because that's what you're here for and can you kind of give us some insight into what it's like or what you've experienced running an org and kind of give us a background on tag um so tag was like an accidental esports org is how i would describe it um essentially lockdown lockdown hits in the uk me and a couple of like long-term irl friends like i'm talking like 20-year friendships playing Apex, chilling, enjoying our time, not being able to leave our bedrooms, which we obviously did all the time before COVID. Um, so we're playing and then, you know, we're vibing and, and get involved with some other friends. And there's a little group of us, a, a Discord server starts just so we can all ask if people are down to play. Then tournaments. We found out about tournaments. Now, I have a background of competing. I'm probably one of the most competitive people in the whole of the world. I play tennis, I used to play football, I'm a big football fan, like you name it, I'll, 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 I will compete in it. And so we entered, we entered a couple of tournaments and we vibed and then we needed a, a better name than the name we were using. We were using the, the Latin name for we are terrible, whatever that was. <laughs> so our first ever team name was well, the Latin translation of we are terrible. Really setting something along those lines. There. I think it was like incompetent agnostics gaming. I think it was something like that. Um so you know, really setting the standard from day one. Um and then there's a few people on our server that were in a different region to us and the NA boys as have now been nicknamed. So then you suddenly have two teams using the same name and then you're like, Well, we should make a logo. And then, oh, well, what if we pop off? Maybe we should have a Twitter account. And then we're like, probably like, must be getting on for about a year down the line. And we have a community, we have a reputation, we have merch. Um, it's like, suddenly we're just an org. So it's kind of accidental. And it's a cool project. We have people who do work with us, do work for us. We have people who run social medias and people who've done design work for us. And we're definitely just trying to give people opportunities. Um, and that's all it's about, really, is just a team of people that started as a laugh. And it's like, I always say, we are like, seriously not serious. <laughs> so, you know, obviously we all want to win and we try our hardest and we take things seriously. But at the end of the day, we are just friends playing Apex. And the number one sort of, the key thing whenever anybody comes in and joins the tag family is that they have that attitude and that we're keeping it, you know, a nice positive space. And that's how we've managed to generate such a good reputation in the esports scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that just from what I know, you know, interacting with you guys and, and being around you guys, Tag has kind of this, has grown this reputation, right? Especially in the smaller tournament circles, like Nerd Street, right? Like, you can't go a stream with Nerd Street Apex tournaments without hearing about Tag now, which I think is phenomenal and you know you've really taken this opportunity in esports um especially in apex to kind of grow your own personal reputation and your brand into your right which is you're now you're writing with esports.gg 
so you know, I know that you are basically the Apex comp guy for esports GG, and you're the guy to go to for all that writing. So why do you? And I know there's some craziness around ALGS kind of news-wise. But before we get too into it, I kind of want to give everybody a brief overview on the ALGS format so everybody's kind of on the same page and understands like why certain things are such a big deal. So do you want to start by telling us basically there's two major leagues? There's the Pro League and the like other league that people are trying to get into Pro League? Is that how that works? Yeah, so this, this is the second year of ALGS, so they introduced a new format for this year. Um, it's definitely better. I think people like it. So in a scene that's hard to please, GG is on that one. Um, so they have the the Pro League and the Challenger Circuit. Um, so the Pro League is it's the top 40 teams in all of the regions. So Apex is split up into like North America, South America, uh, Apex North, Apex South, and then EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Um, and they're competing in groups of 10. So you'll have 10 versus 10 each each week, and that's across six weeks. So each of the, the groups, A, B, C, D, will play each other twice. And they're competing essentially for a spot in the playoffs, which is the top 10 teams from each of the regions. And that is going to hopefully be a LAN event um, we'll wait and see about that, but that's going to be a, hopefully a worldwide uh, LAN event. And then the bottom eight teams um, from the Pro League are going to end up in the like the relegation playoff um, with the top 12 teams from the Challenger circuit. So they are playing four open tournaments, which anybody above the rank of gold for an Apex can enter. And they're playing then for a spot to be in the top 12 overall teams across the four tournaments. So they're playing in each position in the sort of the tournament where you win finals come second third fourth fifth etc etc is earning like circuit points and the top 12 teams are going to join those bottom eight teams for like a a playoff game i'm not quite sure what they've named it but i'm sure it's going to have some fancy name so they then the uh, top eight teams from that game will go into pro league split two uh so yeah there's a lot on the line and it's um it's a really nice, healthy ecosystem from how you can easily grind up to get into Pro League. And that once you're in Pro League, if you're not performing, then you end up back with you know the rest of us. So it's definitely nice and healthy. And obviously, we're really hoping that those top 10 are going to be in land positions. And I'm not sure what they would do if a land can't go ahead, um, whether they would then make it the top 20 teams and have a local playoffs or something. But obviously, we're hoping that that doesn't happen because we've had it's been a long time since we've had a land in Apex. Right. So so just to kind of clarify, how many teams are in each region, Tom, for Pro League? It's 40 teams in each region. And then it's, they're divided into four groups of 10. Four groups of 10, which then it becomes 10v10 or a lobby of 20, 10 plus 10. Yes, yeah, so you'll have then, A versus B, it'd then be 10 and 10. So that was 20. And of these at the same time, 40, C and D are playing. Of these 40, the top 10 overall will go to playoffs of each region. Yeah, the top the top ten teams um, oh, overall oh. from across the no matter what group they're in from across the the six game weeks will qualify for the playoffs, which is hopefully going to be a LAN event. And so the hopefully. top ten teams from NA, EMEA, APAC North, APAC South will then hopefully be at this LAN event, playing similar setup, and there'll be this uh, 
secondary kind of playoff split for Pro League Split 2. Yeah. With the Challenger Circuit in like the bottom or the next eight teams. Yeah, and then, then there's going to be another set of playoffs and then there's some big uh, Apex Championship at the end. But we're obviously waiting to see for final details on that because that yeah. the qualification for the Championship will definitely depend on if there is LAN or not because that'll just change how they're going to have to do things. So we're kind of holding off on confirmation on that one. I like that you bring up the fact that there's these teams that can grind up, right? Like you said, you know, these maybe these gold players or but higher plat diamond players can grind in these challenger circuit lobbies with people who are up Oh, I should similar. I should I should correct myself. Sorry, I've gone to Google. In uh, APAC North and South, it's only the top 5 teams qualifying for LAN. Okay. Then that would Okay. So that's the then there's, size. Yeah. And then I, South America is just double check. I don't pay that much attention to the Apex scene because it's always one I'm saying. Uh, South America is also five as well. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. Right. So those regions kind of have a bit more at stake here, right? Because there's less teams yeah. moving up. And then Apex, uh, Apex North is um, 10, Apex South is five, and South America is five. I see. So then it kind of, then it kind of balances out between the five. Yeah. Then you end up with, so there's going to be 40 teams at land. Yeah. So I, li- I just want to, because I like, the challenge circuit, right? Which is kind of where Tag is at right now, trying to work their way into the pro league. Do you want to talk a bit about that grind and that journey and kind of some of the obstacles that kind of make it challenging for a team in challenger circuit to one, break into pro league or, or two, to break into that top 12 overall spot? And maybe specifically, I know there's some competitive integrity issues, potentially. Mm. Uh, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on that spicy little thing of what's considered, yeah. uh, quote-unquote, um, griefing. So I think one of the biggest difficulties is... I mean, it's, it's improved, I'll be honest. At the very beginning, what tends to happen when there's an Apex tournament circuit is that the first couple of weeks you have a lot of teams playing, like a lot, a lot. And then that like very slowly windows, windows, uh, dwindles down um, as people kind of, maybe the teams break up or they kind of maybe don't do as well as they thought in the first couple or whatever. So it's kind of been, historically, it's kind of always, the numbers have always dropped off. Um, I think it's fairly normal for most esports, to be honest. People, when there's something new and people want to give it a try, maybe not everybody sort of clicks with it. But definitely at the beginning, the sort of time commitment was massive, like, our boys played for like eight hours in a day um, on a Saturday and then you potentially play for another eight hours on a Sunday if you were you know, going to make it all the way to the finals and then you have a finals. So I think that is it's a very large commitment um, for sure. So I think that is difficult. I know people who couldn't make it all the way through. <laughs> like There was just too many. There was too many games in a day. They, they just couldn't physically handle being sat doing one activity at one time and as I'm sure there's plenty of people that kind of struggle because they have lives so you know can everybody give up a whole Saturday to play Apex probably not so they're kind of excluded from that Um, but I think the other way in general is one of the issues with the challenger circuit and I'll say now before before I before I say this, is that I actually don't think there's a way to fix it, and I think this is just the reality of like qualifiers and open open entry tournaments. Is that you do get teams that 
are just too good. So it might be teams that maybe have formed mid-circuit, maybe they're pro league players that will drop from their teams or whatever, and they're in this challenger circuit, and they, they, um, they're just a level above. And then they kind of, they kind of decide who qualifies. Basically, it's like, well, how quickly are you going to run into this team? Are this team going to land near you? Um, are they going to see you and just kill you because they're just better than you? And in Apex, definitely knowing you're better is almost as big, almost a bigger advantage than actually being better, because you play with confidence and in a way that you kind of wouldn't normally even even if you were better than other people in a lobby if you don't believe you're better you play naturally more cautiously and being high progressive in apex in a tournament can be really successful if you're good enough to do it and when you're so aware of how good you are you definitely kind of you play with that confidence and that's because they're that good so they have every right to and that's one of the reasons why this this sort of divisions format is much better People who watched ALGS in year one will remember that the open qualifiers had all the teams in, even the like the pro sign teams. So you'd have people that are literally on a wage to play Apex at the highest level, playing against people that are on their PlayStation sat in bed. Like it wasn't a wasn't necessarily very healthy because then those teams were kind of just playing pubs while other people are like trying for their lives to really do something. This tournament, this round one of ALGS is like the biggest thing to ever happen to these guys, and they're running into pro players. So it's definitely better now it's split. But what now you do have is that you obviously have just like a handful of not quite pro league teams that are better. Mm-hmm. And that leads on to some of the um, the comp behavior that you're hinting at. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but there was an incident with the Tag Boys where a team essentially just landed on them. They punched out uh, one of the three players. They late landed. They did it on purpose. It cost the boys the game. And they did that because they'd already qualified. So because it's a four-game round, they they had the points to qualify. It was the last game. The Tag Boys hadn't quite done enough in the previous games to be sure of qualification. Um, and some people would say, well, just be better then. Just be good enough that you've already qualified by three games. But mathematically, that is impossible for everybody to do. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be some teams that are on the edge. And, you know, they essentially grief their game and threw it, threw it for them. Now they're a good team. They went on to do really well in, you know, in the later stages. They're a really good, really good team. So you know they can almost do what they want in that sense. But I think that in a in a BR and at this lower level, you get people like that where mm. you know that kind of thing would never happen in pro league because the teams know each other and they obviously have a bit more respect. Um, mm. And sort of my personal view on it is that <laughs> you know karma's a bitch um, and. I think that the lack of sportsmanship eventually comes right. back to bite you. It always does. It, you know, griefing, targeting teams, doing whatever. Because in a BR, there's a hundred and one ways to grief somebody and to sort of do something that throws their game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And doing that, you know, is fine if that's how you want. It, if that's what you want to do, if it's important to you in that moment to do that, then then wonderful. But it can happen to you, and I think that. If I was a team in the the lower levels of their kind of ability, another good ability, my effort and energy would be spent focused on using those early rounds to really sort of practice, work things out, you know, try spots, you know, play. Of course, you're not going to play like it's a finals because it isn't. It's impossible to replicate that in your mind. But to sort of use it as, as practice, you know, you've got a tournament, you want to go all the way through you know playing sensibly playing seriously treating other people with respect 
Mm-hmm. I think it's it's fairly it's it's fairly it's fairly basic. And the problem with with Apex and with the way that Apex works is that you could do that to a team that stops them from qualifying. But you played the same teams, you know, often, and they could be in a position where perhaps they've already qualified, or they literally just have no way to qualify with the game left, and you're on the borderline. And you know, certain certain individuals, and I know the tag boys are not like this. They are probably some of the most, should we say, wholesome or soft? I'm going to go with soft because I'm probably going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> probably some of the soft people, the most soft <laughs> people that bear, I know. Teddy bears is what they, they are, are cute and cuddly, right? So they wouldn't do that, but some people definitely would hold a grudge. I can think of plenty of people that would, you know, are like elephants. They remember this stuff, and then they would, yeah, then they would act on it. So you know, I think once you start the grieving and once you start down that path, you can easily wind people up. And something that you learn very quickly in Apex is that you can't control how other team what other teams do, and it's not like a CS, Halo, you know, three v three, five v five, whatever situation as. 20 teams in the lobby and if a team just chooses to fight you then that can be it for you you don't have control over how other teams behave so you know i it's one of those things it's always going to happen um i personally would like people to play with a bit more respect but that's it's easy for me to say when i don't necessarily have the ability to you know, achieve what they're achieving in the game. So it's easy for me to sit here and moan when it's happened to, you know, the team that I, I manage and people I, you know, I care about. But I think that this is what you get in the challenger circuit. I think you get a real variety of of people, of mindsets. You get people that play just to, like, to run it down and not necessarily to win, just to, like, have fun and make content. You get people that are really trying to, like, to grind up and, you know, are starting from the bottom but really want to make a career for themselves. And you get people that are on the very cusp of being a professional player and sometimes that sometimes those priorities clash you know sometimes you get people that genuinely should never be in those tournaments aren't good enough and accidentally throw people's games and grief them because they're of their lack of understanding um so you know it's that's why the challenger circuit some people describe it as a bit of a gauntlet <laughs> because it's uh, <laughs> who's going to be in our lobby this round how are they going to play what's their mindset going to be so yeah, there's a lot up in the end. It's a PR, and that's why I think that Apex is so enjoyable to play and watch because it's varied to play and watch. And also, when it when it comes off and you have a good game and you have a good day, it's satisfying because it's not easy. There's no magic formula to being successful in Apex. You know, even the best the best players in the world. You know, you look at your NOGs, your TSMs, your Cloud Nines. They have bad days and bad tournaments. Things just don't go right for them, even though they're mechanically and you know. Um, like tactics wise some of the best players in the whole world because it's a BR and there's just so much variety and you know that's what keeps us all addicted and coming back for more as viewers and players it's that RNG factor right yeah. it's the possibilities yeah and I agree like the culture of I think the challenger circuit is interesting because like you said there's just such a huge gap of skill or, or a huge breadth of skill and you got people at the very, very top and the very, very bottom. And they kind of do the same thing, right? Like, they both kind of grief in their own way. Uh, the bottom players do it without knowing that they're griefing, I suppose. But I guess, and I think that kind of want, brings me to my next question is, at what point is it considered griefing? And what, what point is it just like um, like a, a decision on their part, right? Like, like, like obviously, it might, if like a gold player or a lower ranked player who doesn't know what they're doing, 
quote unquote throws my game by doing something silly that's unexpected um i wouldn't consider that griefing i think that's just kind of dumb luck on their part and it kind of worked out for them right like they full sent it or something and they just kind of they just wiped us so yeah i think it's always yeah i think it's always griefing i think like mm-hmm. it's griefing happens right and i think that sure. people conflate the word griefing there's there's griefing and then there's like griefing with intent right right so you you know i could be a rat and i could you know shoot somebody on a team to try and steal a kp and that might mean that actually they lose a 3v3 that they wouldn't have lost it's a big grief and i grief them but I'm not griefing them with the intent of I'm going to ruin their game. I'm playing my game. Right. It might be that right. a team, a team has no option but to fight, and pushes a team, and then actually you know they get thirded for it, but they had no other option. You know, they've still griefed that team's game because they've got that team dead no matter what. They're either going to kill them or they're going to get thirded for the fight. So it is a grief because you've done something that means that their game can't be successful anymore. But. Mm. You know that's that's a BR, and that happens in BRs. Now, what happened in the situation that we're talking about? And I'm deliberately not naming names because it was actually conversations were had, things were tidied up, so it's all good. All right. Um, and it won't yeah, be happening not, again. We're not, we're not like a yeah. either. We're not like a it won't be. It won't, it won't be happening again. But what they actually did was in the in the dropship, they said, "Right, tag, time to die," and they hung around in the air and waited to land on one of our three players to punch him out. That's very different. That's an intentional grief. So that you know that was done with the intent of ruining the game for mm-hmm. the team. So I, and it's example in oh we're going to push this. It's TSM. You know, right, right. Like the we decision is to do that knowledge. with the intention. So I think you know in match point format, which is something that Apex uses, for example, you know people deliberately grief because they have to to keep the game going, mm-hmm. or people do it maybe because it's a team above them in the leaderboards, or maybe it's a team mm-hmm. that's struggling in a top ten qualification. Oh, they're they're eleventh. If we just get them out now, then we won't have them in our next game because they're really good or whatever. So they're intentional grief. So you know, griefing happens in a BR. I'm sure I've grieved people's games accidentally, but it's when you have no other option. And actually, I do think that that's something that people don't understand very well. There's a lot of anger and oh, you griefed, and people go oh, they're just so stupid. And of course, you don't have access to the information that the team that's just killed you had. So you know, it's fine. And I I say exactly the same thing in the moment for sure. But I think that there is definitely the difference between sort of griefing and griefing with intent to grief. And mm-hmm. I think they are different. And I think they're noticeably different. And I think they're both sure. annoying. Right. They're both annoying. And, you know, maybe the team that pushed you to fight shouldn't have been in the worst position in the whole game, left with only one option, which was to ruin your game. You know, maybe they should have played their game differently and played smarter to not be in that position because they were screwed no matter what. You know, it's sure it's annoying if somebody puts themselves in a bad position, so it's still frustrating for you as somebody who's on the receiving end. Yeah. But yeah. it's not the same as oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump on this team so that they get thirded and they can't qualify or do well or earn points this game or win money or whatever it is in the in the specific tournament. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I mean that makes sense to me, and I, I guess for me when I use the term griefing, it has that kind of it has an implicit negative connotation. Um, I think I don't use griefing outside of the context, but I, I, I understand what you're trying to say there, which is, you know, griefing can happen for a variety of reasons. Not all of it is malicious, right? Like yeah. Not everybody's looking out to like ruin your game. It's just, you're going to do it. It's part of the game, right? Like, like obviously 
you're gonna do what you can to win the game, yeah. and make other teams lose, right? Uh, and sometimes like you, doing like it said, deliberately is part of the game. Sometimes, right? Yeah, and I think like in the like in, said, in the challenger circuit, in like the second round or something, I don't think that's necessary. But if you're in a say that you're in the semi-finals trying to qualify for the finals of a, you know, let's say the playoffs that land coming up, say that there's a team that is you know lands very close to you and often causes you trouble, and you notice that they're on the cusp and you're already qualified. It's in your best interest to take them out so they don't qualify and give you right. trouble in finals. Now, whether that's sporting or not, and whether that's, you know, sportsmanship, and this is, again, where the karma thing comes back into, is that once you open that door, what's to stop them from... You know, the boot will be on the other foot eventually, especially for these pro teams that play each other very often. The boot will be on the other foot in a different time. Right. So now, whether wanna... you would want to open that door, I think is a different thing, but, you know, it's part of the game, and it's a valid tactic. Sure. And I want to kind of go back to the sportsmanship, which is like, do you think that obviously there's tactic to the game, there's tactical griefing, and then there's just malicious bullying griefing, right? Like, which is the, the issue is the latter one, right? Like, it's people who choose to just land on people and punch them out. Do you think there's like validity or fairness in some sort of sportsmanship code that's not necessarily maybe punishable in a way? in a small way that makes you think about what kind of culture you want to build in this be like do you want to open that door in the first place of oh well hey like tsm lands here we're gonna land on tsm challenge them every single game grief them all the time by punching them out or whatever but do you think there should be some sort of actionable caution consequence by a ruling party and, and something that can be reviewed by both sides right like how it would have to be you know something that's looked at uh, I, I mean, I don't like griefing, and I don't like the way it happens to either me or my team. But I just don't think that. I think in a BR, and you know, it is what it is. Like, it is in the rules. The rules are there, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. in a BR, it it's too varied to ever to ever rule. It's not like football where you know if you slide on the floor and take somebody out, it's a clear foul. You've seen it happen, easy rule. Judge rules, yellow card, red card, foul, free kick, whatever. Um, but in a BR, it's, it's then, you know, maybe the punching out of drop, but if you want to ban punching out of drop, it's fine. But then you have extra work, you have arguments about, mm. you know, why was it, oh, that he landed on us? You know, you'd, people, there would be phrases around it. And then all that end up being is a lot of arguments. There would end up being a lot of work for admins that, you know, giving up their time to run tournaments. You'd have right. to either the days would be longer because you'd have to have this time for a review and appeals, and then what happens? Like, how right. you know what are you gonna do? Take points off people? Are you gonna replay games? I, it, you know, it would be nice, but it's unworkable. And I think it, the thing about these things is, is that you know when our player got three man landed on and punched out, could he have, could he have been kept more careful? Could he have been not landing so far on his own? Sure. Could he have been looking up? You know, should sure. he Changes have expected spot, something like that? Right. You know. There's all kinds of things that mean that it's it's not it's not as cut and dry as in like other sports, even other esports. So it'd just be nice if people just weren't a dick on their own. To be honest, I don't think it needs enforcing. Sure. I think the thing that the thing that <laughs> Stop, the, the biggest yeah the biggest enforcement of it is that the shoe will be on the other foot eventually. And I think that if people are doing it, it will it will happen to you because it happens to everybody. Right, people will notice. Yeah. Too. people will see that. Oh, they're that team that does that thing. Exactly. Keep an eye out for you. They'll know. People will know. Like, 
I feel like Apex is simultaneously very large, but also very small. In the sense, like if you do if you are making it deeper into the it, tournaments, you are going to be seeing the same radiates, people again and again. Exactly, it, it radiates throughout the entire community, especially like you said, as the pool of people you see gets smaller and smaller. Everybody's kind of watching everybody in a way, you know. At least the serious players are, you know. Kind of yeah, I mean, I remember that. I remember a team that you know we keep good contact with. They had a they had a problem where they made an agreement with another team that they would be allowed to hit the beacon in this POI that they were both landing at. Um, yeah, they'd hit it, they'd rotate, and the handshake emoji was exchanging DMs, and then the team landed on the guy on the beacon and punched him out. That wasn't forgotten. That was definitely then reciprocated later down the line. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, because like this was a this was in um, Series E, which was the same like twenty teams for like twenty weeks or something ridiculous. Jeez. Like it went on a long time. Yeah. That was a bad decision because there's a lot of you know then. They maybe didn't do something quite the same, but definitely you're seeing them in the kill feed and you're thinking, oh, am I going to third this? Well, it's them. Let's go. Why not? Mm. So, and that's the enforcement of it is, do you really want to make those? And some people don't care. Some people like it. I think some people kind of like the, they like the attention. Some it's people probably quite, conflict. some people probably quite enjoy, yeah, the having, you know, annoying people, having the conflict, having people, you know, be angry on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, if that's how you want to play, it's fine. You know, I, I used to be a little bit like that in football when I used to play. I used to be, I used to wind people a up. Vindictive Tom. Vindictive yeah. Tom. When I like was you. a, when I was a, when I was a defender, if we were, I wasn't. I'm not a very big guy, right? I'm, I'm quite mm-hmm. small. When I was a defender and we were at corners, I would blow. Just as the ball was kicked, I would blow into the guy that I'm marking's ear. Oh my god! And it would, it would, it would annoy them. It's not against the rules. It's not a foul. Sure. You know, I'm just breathing. Right. I'm just breathing. Exactly. You know, I've got to breathe. Man's, man's, man's got to breathe. Man's, man, man's not hot, you gotta be. And, you know, it used to wind them up and it would put them off. It wouldn't work more than maybe once or twice. True. But, you know, it was enough. you do things like that. That's just, it's, it's sport, isn't Sports. it? When you, when you, when you want to win, you do what, you do whatever you've got to, you, you know, do whatever you've got to do or what you think's helping you. And I think that it's just those very few occasions where it's done clearly just because like, oh, we, we've already qualified, we're bored, we're just going to ruin your game for no reason where there's no discernible advantage for that team, that it's like, that's when it really stings the most, but they kind of get out of that that power, like, well, we're better than you, so, haha, look at us, we're ruining your game, because right. we can. Right. You know, I'm, so I'm the I'm the big fish. That was the thing that I tweeted, was, you know, enjoy being the big fish right. in the little pond. Because they are, they, you know, they know that they are, they know that, they know they're so good, they know that they're making it out of that round easy, and it's not a problem for them. So they kind of, they get that little like little, that little kick out of being like that and you know being a bit naughty almost is exciting for them and it's more fun to them than playing seriously because they're laughing about it they're having fun sure doing it because it. so, it's so easy for them you know? you know if that's what you're into then it's all good but you know karma is definitely is i don't i don't believe in karma in a religious way but in a br way i think that you wind enough Apex people the- up and things are gonna come back to you def- Apex definitely definitely religion yeah, Apex absolutely. Religion. Speaking of oh, people getting round up on Twitter, let's talk about some ALGS shakeups. Uh, some of which I mentioned in my last podcast, but I kind of want to get mm. your take on it because you you probably have a better feel on the whole post of the things. Um, I I think we talked about it briefly, which is um, people not understanding what happens in pro league when teams have to drop out. So we've had two teams drop out of Pro League in 
and A. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's one in EU. Ooh, 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 cat boys dropped out in EU. <laughs> and They'll people be got miss. really upset because they're like, you took spots from people who couldn't play now, and da 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 da. But. I feel like with the way, like, after you explained it to me, I kind of understood. Yeah, I said this too in the DMs. Which, um, once it, I mean, over time, it's going to work out for everybody, for the better, right? Like, do you want to kind of touch on that real quick? Just kind of. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll go over the thing I said to you. So, unfortunately, because it's a six-week circuit, there's just no way to, if a team chooses not to play them, you know, that's within their right. You can't force people to play. It's a tournament. Things happen. You know, one of the two teams is talking about, you know, some real serious sort of personal things that really need sorting and different priorities and stuff. And some of it sounds like it could be, you know, quite serious. So, you know, all the best to, to those guys. Mm. And then the other team broke up. Two of the three players are now playing for other teams. Um, and actually, mm. I, I think I saw this morning that the third guys have had to join a team in Pro League as well. So those guys are gonna, you know, they're gonna be there and they're gonna be playing, um, and they just didn't want to play together anymore. And you know, you could say is that a smart decision? But they, the thing is, they earned the spot. They came. Both of these teams came through preseason qualifiers, which I think is important. They weren't invited teams, so I think that 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 definitely makes a difference in how salty people are allowed to be, because right. they earned that spot. They played in the gauntlet with everybody else, and they were better over a, a number of weeks. And they, they own that spot as theirs. So it's theirs to do what they want with. If they don't want to play, then that's on them. It might be a bit might be a bit yikes if they own that spot and never played, but they played, <sighs> things didn't go as they planned, things have come up in real life. But that's Shit their spot happens. that they earned. And then yeah. you take you take your time to look at the alternatives, right? So what would you do? You could promote another team. If you gave if you gave that the team that you've brought in to replace them, if you put them where the team that's left is with their points and things, if they haven't earned them, is that fair? What if a team broke up for serious reasons and then they were in a land position or they were near to land position and the team qualified from land even though they hadn't played half the pro league? That's not good. And then if you brought a team in and started them on zero and had them fill out the rest of the weeks, then they have no chance of making land. They right. are probably just still are probably going to end up in the bottom eight even and are going to get relegated. So that's going to do two things. One, just completely pointless waste of everybody's time. What is the point? And two, if that team's playing with no chance of achieving anything, they're not going to play like there's something on the line, which right. is what makes risk. Apex serious. You know, they could just run around griefing. Why not? Sure. Why yeah, don't they go and land well, on TSM then. and stop TSM from getting land? They put right. nothing on the line. They didn't earn that spot. They're just happy right. to be there. They, they can't win anything. They can't win any money from it. So why not go and earn yourself some attention and some clout? <laughs> like, uh, it would, clout, I, clout, I don't yeah. think it's healthy. I think that, you know, people get mad, but at the end of the day... Well, I think what they did was the best approach. I have to yeah, kind of talk to me about at, it. At the end of the day, if you, if you don't like teams dropping out, go and qualify for Pro League yourself and keep the spot all six weeks. Yeah, get, get in there. I think, you know, do, do go earn yourself. that spot yourself. Then you can make the decision what you do with it. <laughs> It's hard for us. To, it's hard for people to sit there who aren't good enough to be in that situation, or don't it's even know people's personal it. circumstances to sure. to make judgments like that. You know, yeah, it bro. is what it is, and it's not ideal. I'm sure, and it wasn't done lightly. I'm sure because Pro League is a big opportunity, and letting the opportunity go is, you know, it's a decision. Um, it's a hard but, decision. You know, yeah, exactly. But we are where we are, and these things happen, and it, maybe I don't know 
if EA saw this coming. I don't know if the LGS team saw it coming. I don't I'm know, sure for un- example, sure what happens. Sure yeah. yeah, I don't know what happens. I like to those people in the leaderboard because they're still on the leaderboard. You know, she, sure, one of the teams that dropped out are like above a number of teams. They were doing okay. Yeah, What's yeah, going to happen yeah. to them? So you know, we'll wait and see, and we look forward to clarification on that. Um, and perhaps that was a hindsight because if you watch Apex in more than a week, you're going to see a team break up. So it's true. It happens. At some point, that's, it's that's happen. Apex. That's Apex. I mean, that's esports. I mean, that's esports. Exactly, it's esports. It just so, happens, right? Like, you can't. So we wait and see how they choose to sort of handle the situation. But I don't think there's anything they can do to give another team the spot because it's just it's not fair. Like there's no yeah. way around it. That just isn't. Man, people, dude, people, my God. Can we talk about, <laughs> uh, I'm just, just playing other news. I, I, I want to talk about Snipe Down, but there's really like, you know, like this just happens, right? Like people, like you said, another opportunity comes up, people leave. Like, what are you going to punish Snipe Down for seeking an opportunity that is, is amazing, right? Like he's going back to Halo for what he wants to do, which is his passion is career was built upon the foundation of halo uh but i kind of (laughs) i purposefully avoid the apex competitive reddit like the plague because i avoid avoid reddit in general i'm not the man to ask about (laughs) anytime i see anything from there it's just like slander like people just like it's just like i don't know like i'll tell you that i hate to be derisive i hate to be derisive but it's like um, like fucking hard stuck silver is just sitting in the corner, like <laughs> typing an angry like, how dare how do this how do like just like it's the it's the exact same for football. I I go and watch my local football team play soccer for all you freaks on the other side of the Atlantic, and you, can you get people you know okay. Wayne Rooney is you know a smart guy and yeah you know, these are professional football players. And we'll be playing football a certain type of way. And you'll just hear some old angry man at the back going, fucking kick it long! Like, <laughs> shouting <Right>. and backseating. <laughs> and then they do kick it long and they kick it forward to our five foot six striker who can't <laughs> run the ball against a six foot nine defender. Maybe that's why he didn't want to kick it long. It, like, the, man, this guy, the manager trains with the players every day. He's a qualified coach. They're professional players. They have a game plan. They have right. tactics. They have strategies. Yeah. And this guy sat in his arse eating his pucker pie thinks that he knows the best way to play football. And it's usually the style of football that they played in the 50s and the pitchers are made of mud and they were kicking around as a pig's bladder. So it's not the way football's played anymore, but people still yell and shout it. So it's just, I think it's just it's a spectator thing, isn't it? That you have I your opinion. I feel like it's worse in esports it's Those worse on esports because esports is online you should see football twitter like it's that oh, anonymous it's that that anonymity i'm telling you bro and that I, and it's I, and it's because everybody NFL. can play the game it's because everybody can play the game not yes. everybody can play championship exactly. football but you can play apex and you can have something that works for you yes but it works for you because you're not in the same level of apex it's like it's like playing sunday league football and you go well in sunday league football we hoof it all the time and my kids team wins 8-0 every week like, yes that's because they're children steve so, it, <laughs> you know, and you get that, but you just get Tell less of it because there isn't a Sunday League football Reddit. You know, this is just a there, place for the fans be. to go and coalesce. <laughs> this should not be. Oh, my there God. Absolutely. We be. do not wow. need Steve and Dave arguing over the referee. Steve and uh, Dave yelling at Tom, the referee. And his fucking, yeah. 
Oh, man. Bro, it's just, it's like, and I think that's, that's the thing. It's like anybody can open a game, anybody can play the game, anybody can touch the game and form an opinion on the game as if they're a professional, right? Like, I wouldn't, like, I feel like, like, like traditional sports is a bit more like, well, I've never done it, so I guess I can't really say. You get you get people tweeting abuse to Derby County players all the time. I see it every week. Oh, all the oh, time. You were, I mean, you, were, just, you, were, you were terrible today, and you see it, and it's like it's from some fat ball guy who's signing his eggy right? vest at home. Like, what are you gonna do? Guess, score a hat trick? Uh, it's just, it's just so kind of cringe. It just happens. Just... I think. I think it, it's <sighs> suddenly it's a fairly shitters. normal. Suddenly it's a fairly people normal thing. People are just shitters. I think. It's just it is what it is. Yeah, I just. I don't know, man. People are, and then like, people will talk shit about sports. NA all the time. People talk shit about NA all day. Yeah, it's because NA, NA sucks. See, 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 see you at land, bro. See you at land. We are. Oh, see you at land, bro. TSM's gonna wipe you. <laughs> Energy's gonna we'll wipe wait. you, bro. We'll wait. Let's see. Let's you, see. Bro. Nas- I'll, I'll bet you a hundred quid. A hundred quid. It's gonna go crazy. Hundred quid on NRG that they wipe the floor of you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm not that confident. <laughs> Poor Nas. I love Nasky, bro. Nasky and his drone is gonna go crazy, man. I'm telling you, Nasky and his drone is gonna lag out and <laughs> Kraber. Nasky, Nasky and Tech gonna drone PM Nasky's yeah. drone with a Kraber for shits and gigs. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna aim lab. He's gonna aim lab flick on that. <laughs> but yeah, people people Kraber. do trash talk DNA scene because it's deserved. So, which uh, and yeah, dude, I just I wish I wish I had time to run scrims for NA. Would anybody join? No. <laughs> But speaking I wish as somebody I st- speaking as somebody who helps to run scrims, people just won't come and play. Um, and I think that is this. And then when you say scrims, you mean are you, you're talking about NA scrims, not EU yeah, scrims. NA scrims, EU scrims, both the same. People aren't willing to play. Why? And the reason for that, the reason for that, and there's been this problem in Apex for a long time, and a lot of pro players talk about it, is that teams in scrims do not play the same way as they would in a tournament, and. To an extent, that's always going to happen because, you know, if you're in the million-dollar Apex land, there's a lot more riding on it. So naturally, you're going to play in a different way. That is obviously going to impact your performance. 100% it is going to change the sure. way you play. I mean, it's it's like football, right? Like American football. But, right? You're not going to... But what happens is people play so differently in mm. these scrims mm. that the scrims then become worthless because the idea of a scrim is to practice, right? You're not just playing the game sure. to play the game in scrims. I see what you mean. You're taking right. the time out. So people, you know, you're never going to be able to perfectly replicate how you're going to play in a final. But sure. people do things that are just so blatantly not how you are going to play. Like, they are, people play ridiculously. Sometimes people play characters that they would just never play. They push things that they would never push. They mm-hmm. don't take them seriously. So therefore, the practice becomes, becomes useless. And what happens in lower tier scrims is that you get maybe one or two teams that play that are just better and they just run it down, play it like a pub, play unseriously, and mm. then it ruins the practice for everybody else. So that's how scrims have died because when the pro teams can't take scrims seriously and the private pro scrims, these guys, you know, they're on a wage. They're on a wage to play the game. They have big tournaments coming up that are going to make or break their careers and they still can't practice seriously more than like one game out of the six. Then there's no hope for the bottom scene because... You know they watch their they watch their idols play scrims and they play scrims in a stupid way so it just sets the tone and it's frustrating but what can you do you can't force people to play a certain way people can will you say do a things, culture shift people will say things like oh we're trying stuff out or you know we 
how do we know if that is sensible to do or not unless we try it and stuff but mm-hmm. it's that's like a one per game kind of thing this is like a systemic thing right um, you get, you and get things don't guy. help things don't help you know at crown series they had punishments they had you know rules and stuff in place to try and reduce it, it still happens vnm scrims you know they if people grief and stuff they um they lower your seeding for the week so you don't necessarily get into any more scrims and people just still play like that people don't care um, hmm. And what can you do? You can't force people yeah. to play a certain way. So true. I guess it's it kind of lame. There's just no. The only way people play seriously is if there's money on the line. That's the only time people. And play I feel like that's so sad because, like, it, and I get it. Like, it's the same for sports, right? Like, let's say I'm, I'm on a team. I'm playing for a professional NFL team, whatever. Obviously, like when, during preseason, you're gonna play a little bit differently. You're not gonna go as hard. You're not gonna send it as hard. But there's this kind of base level of sportsmanship. And that's kind of what it boils down to, right? Like, there's just I agree with you. I agree with you. It's the same for football over here. Preseason friendlies aren't quite the same, but they're definitely not like. They're not as far off as Apexes. About yeah. it, right? They're, they're playing lineups that they would play. The star players. I mean, okay. In, in, in football, like in American football, there's four quarters. Maybe the star quarterback plays for like the first quarter. Or maybe like the first half, right? Depending yeah. on how they feel. To try and stuff out. And then the second half is like garbage time, right? Where it's like the second liners, the third. But they get experience. Like they get to play. And they're playing their hard outs. Like that's the thing. And, and I feel like maybe part of the issue is for these people on wage that there's no risk. Right? Because I've seen it happen in preseason where if somebody who is normally not a starter plays really, really well, they'll replace a starter. And, and that starter's wage gets adjusted because, well, you're not a starter anymore, so why are we paying this much? And, and just this, like, this long-term effect. I think the issue with esports in, in, in general, maybe specifically Apex. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to speak specifically Apex. I don't know. I know, I know mostly Apex is. This, last, this lack of sportsmanship hasn't shown real impact on people's careers yet. I think at some point it will. At some point, and the time, the times that them. it has, yeah, the times that it has, it's been a reaction. So complexity were, again, once again, full disclaimer, better than me. Probably more more talent in Monsoon's left toe than there will be in <laughs> Monsoon's ever. left eyelash has more talent yeah. than my entire. <laughs> so in case you hear this, like I'm talking shit from my respectful position at the bottom of the fucking food chain. Um, Monsoon, we you're a guy. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you but what happened was they went through a rough time they didn't make the finals of the apex championships in the spring and they were famous for we never scrim complexity never scrim and complexity sure. didn't scrim because complexity were winning everything sure. and then the then then the meta changed right so then sure. Valt came in things changed people start to play differently and they did, they did terribly and i'll tell you why they did terribly because they were finding all this stuff out for the first time whereas people who had been scrimming and Apex Championship scrims weren't perfect, but because the championships were only a week or so away, they were better than like general week-to-week scrims because that pressure starts to come in. So then, you know, the mind tick kicks in. Okay, well, there's money on the line next week. We should probably give some practice. Mm-hmm. People were still saying that the championships played nothing like the scrims, but the scrims were definitely more closer than now. It gives an um, idea, at least, of like... Yeah, it was definitely a bit better. You know, Tech was saying that people were still rotating quicker and things, but... You know, like I said, you can never perfectly replicate because nothing's the same as the day. Sure. So, you know, playing a practice match in tennis is never the same as playing the real match because there's just so much more more pressure on. So I think that's completely, I think that's normal. 
Um, and I think as perfectionists to kind of hang up on things not being exactly the same. But complexity, you know, they weren't scrimming and they were kind of getting away with it because they were winning everything. So why would they scrim? Their thing was, you know, we're just better. You know, we're so good. We're dominating. We invented the Bloodhound. And, and they are. And, and they are. They and, are better. And, you know, they were. They, they, they were the team. They were dominating. They were, you know, they, they were the shit. And then they weren't. And now, then, they came into this season after, you know, Apex got back up and they're scrimming. They're playing the smaller tournaments. They're working really hard. You know, they were like they were going for it mm-hmm. because it caught up with them. They did they underperform when they wanted to perform yeah. the most, and their yeah, response to that was actually to do the work that they probably, in hindsight, maybe should have been doing anyway, right? right? But the thing is that that's not that will never happen to enough teams all at the same time to kind of kick the scene off. And you know, some people are going to miss out on land. Some teams are going to miss out on land that should make land because there's too many good teams in a lot of these regions, you know. You right. you look right now, um, Shiv's team. Shiv's team are at one place above the relegation zones in Europe. Shiv's team could make land easily. Kungana in EU, mid table, oh, doing okay. basically nothing, very average of every week at the moment, results wise, could easily make land. Are probably the best team in Europe on their day. So, you know, teams are going to miss out, and maybe that will be the first time people start to scrim maybe more. Maybe it'll maybe, come from yeah. teams who make land and don't do as well as they would hope. Maybe. One region in particular or a couple of regions might not do as well as they would hope overall and it might kick them together. We'll see. But I think the thing with Apex is there's so many tournaments and there's so few of major significance. Do you think if... EA that it doesn't did, affect them, yeah. If EA did official ALGS scrims and people who are... At no, least who were in no, pro no, 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 no. Because they do that. They, they, they do... Pro- mandatory? No. Even worse. Because it's like... Because then... Mandatory NBA. would be even worse because then if you're turning up on a day where you really just can't be asked, you're just going to throw so that you're dead as quickly as possible so you can go back to doing whatever you want to do. Right, like off season is like you got to play. You can't not play off season. Like, you've got to play. One, it's about the money for the TV shows. Like obviously, you're not force you to play. But it's like if the if the ruling party is like you got to fucking play, bro, and you've got to fucking take it seriously. Uh, I, there's got to be this. And yeah, it's just like I'm not saying these guys. Let's, let's be fucking clear. Let's be really clear. These guys are these guys are better. Okay, on an off day than I'll ever be on my like best day at the moment, right? Like, deal. Like madness could play with fucking one eye closed, freaking two, two fingers on his keyboard, and probably still decimate me. While scrolling, <laughs> while scrolling Tinder on his in the morning. <laughs> right, you know, you know, whatever, like, like. like Monsoon, like we said, monsoons fucking left yeah. left toe, as you know. It's it's more of so I, like I just we I just don't want, think it would work. It just wouldn't want esports to work. seriously. Yeah, I want esports yeah. to be this yeah. thing. And, but but for it to be a thing, people have to show, hey, we have work ethic, we have sportsmanship. This is like a real sport. Because what sets like traditional sports apart from esports? It's this perception of effort. This is perception of Kobe wakes up at 3 a.m. Fucking drilling all night, all morning until the game time at 6. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. that perception. Think, and we don't hear about that. that. We don't hear about that. From it's people. difficult. And, it's difficult for people to organize because they do private. Just to be clear, they do private pro league scrims now. Right. So organizers run scrims for only the pro league teams and people don't want to show up and some people don't take it seriously. Some teams do, you know, not to tie everybody with the same brush, but definitely... It's not the same. 
So there already is the access to private scrims. The EA even gave them all access to their own private lobbies. Mm-hmm. Pros always said, and this is, I, this is, I said this was smugness because I saw this coming. Pros always said, oh, when we can organize our own scrims, things will be fine. Since EA gave all these pro teams access to code so they can organize their own scrims, there hasn't been any scrims organized and scrims haven't improved <laughs> because you, it doesn't matter who's organizing them. If you're in them and you're not playing seriously, that isn't going to make them any better. Right. And yeah. I think the other thing is, I think the only way this is the only way that I think it would ever improve is if these teams that are paying these guys to play the game start caring about how much time they, these, their teams are spending practicing. Hold them but, accountable. But the problem is, is that if you're a te- if you're owner of a team, right, and you say, I want you to scrim six times a week, why? The players could say, why can't I do aim labs? Why can't I play pubs? Why can't I watch Rod Review? Why can't we just play rank together? Why do we have to do scrims to get better? Why don't you just look at the results and not the process? Yeah, but why? If you're complexity and you're winning every tournament and you're just playing some ranked and you're winning every tournament, why does complexity care how you're practicing? Because we will fire you. Why? Why would they fire you if you're still winning every tournament? If you're you're a team that's that's being successful... Yeah, the team has to think long-term. Yeah, but... That's the thing is, esports in general is is reasonably short term. You know, the results speak for themselves. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why would you make your successful team scrim three six times a week if they don't want to? If they if they're winning, if they're at the bottom, sure. If they're at the sure. if they're at the bottom of the leaderboard, then things are a bit different. But the teams that don't scrim tend to be the really successful teams because they're banking off of talent, right? Yeah, but you know, you can see they're from their point of talent. view where well, we're like like scars still don't scrim. Scars have never scrimmed since I've got into Apex. I've never seen scars. Even when they were north in a scrim once since I got into Apex. And they still they went through a little rough patch and they sorted it out without scrims. They had their little dip and they sorted it out without scrims and they've worked all the way through. They're a consistent top team. They are the Apex champions in Europe. They won the biggest tournament in Apex history without scrimming a single day. So if sure. you're their manager, how are you going to turn around to those guys and say, I want you to scrim six times a week? When they can point at the trophy and go, well, we got this without scrimming. Isn't that good enough for you? No, do better. Yeah, but that's the thing is, get why would you do that? If you have some amazing talent, why would you risk, you know, pissing them off? That because, it's just how it is. Because, like, and I, and I guess that's what success esports apart from other sports, right? It's like, with any sport, and I guess that's what says it's hard in gaming, right? Because gaming has such a, has such a reliance on reaction time and, and things like that. Whereas other sports, you can kind of compensate for that, right? But it's like, Look at the best players in traditional sports. What are they doing day in and day out? Yeah, uh, but kind of generally, right? Mandy, uh, Mandy, RPR, and Tashin. Mandy and RPR play ranked almost all day. Tashin does no fill pubs for like 12 hours a day. They're not scrimming, but they're still playing. Is that not sure, enough? They're still playing. That's yeah, the thing. So. It's, it's, it's different if you're not playing. Like That would be a whole right. different thing. If you just right, weren't playing course. the game dead yeah. ass. But these teams are choosing not to do the scrims and just to play in other ways or do aim labs or whatever. And if the the results are good, then you know. So like, I think I guess so. Yeah. So I mean, it's different. So I'm saying that the only way that would fix it is if teams make these skin screen. But I'm also then taking my own point and saying, so I think that's realistic because at the end of the day, they don't care. They don't care how you win. They just want you to win to bring yeah. prize money into the org or grow the org or whatever. Mm, they don't so. care, you know. And if you're struggling, then they'll just drop you and find somebody else. That's the thing. So yeah, I, that's I the thing. So. There's enough yeah, talent, and that's on you then. That's on you, then you're dropped, and then you might think, well, maybe we should have just fucking scrimmed. But that's <laughs> going to happen way down the line, you know? 
So that's just, it just like I said, it hasn't been around long enough for it to 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 affect people. Yeah, and at some point so, it will. You know, we'll, we will we will see how things develop. I think we'll see a culture shift after this. LGS. I'm, just, like I'm just said, saying. I'm, I'm just saying is, right now that you know I can yeah. very easily see how things are where they are. Why you know. Once, once the land hits and teams that should have made it didn't make it, then then I think we'll start seeing people like, oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, we need a scrim, because end of the day, you can practice all you want. You can play, I mean, the thing about Apex ranked is you will sometimes run into people who are pro league, right? Like there's a high chance, right? Because most of these guys are pred, masters pred players, so they're gonna the, the pool is pretty small, so they're gonna run into some people yeah right? um i do think kind of like i guess a, a point for you is like a rogues team last you no know, ranked is harder last lgs that did pretty well never scrimmed just playing ranked they, they showed up and just kind of did all right I and mean, didn't like decimate but they did it really well you know for a team that never scrimmed never played a tournament never did this they just played ranked all day together I think it's fine because it's like you said it's practice um but i think for the long-term longevity of the league and nbr is hard because there's 20 people involved yeah. it's not like valorant or cs or siege where it's 5v5 hey want to do some practice games sure 5v5 an hour tops a scrim is what minimum four or five hours uh, you know commitment yeah. for four games I, I would love to see that shift though because I mean you, you need scrims well, I feel my 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 devil's advocate would be once go, a week something you know like, my devil's advocate would be then like just if you're annoyed that these teams that are above you aren't working hard enough going out work them and surpass them and then show them and that's the thing like, and then that's that's it yeah take their spot you know if the script if you right. know you can get better in this game do your aim lamps do another hour a day of aim lamps play more ranked watch 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 more vods. If scrims aren't being taken seriously, fine. Go play as many tournaments as you can. Play a rank together. Do aim labs. Play pubs. Watch vods, and surpass them. And if you know, and then yeah. say, "Oh, I surpassed you by working hard. Now I own your pro league spot." It sucks to be you, like right. And then point Why and then point scream? them towards point them point them towards this podcast. Say that Tom made you do it, and I'll get the fact, <laughs> and you'll just be successful. You yeah, know, it's fine. I just, I just, um, I would, yeah. But it's, it's just... you know, that's the thing is with these kind of things, it's like, you know if one team isn't grinding or playing seriously, then that doesn't stop you from just surpassing them. If you feel like there's an opportunity because people aren't trying hard enough, then, you know, go do it yourself. That's true. So and then, I, and somebody you know, I try not, not me. to get too, yeah, I try not to get like too annoyed by it. And it frustrates no, me yeah. sometimes because I say, well, if I had your natural talent, I would absolutely be working harder than you. Sure. But I probably don't work as hard as I could. I probably don't do enough aim training, enough odd reviews, whatever, whatever. So actually, can I criticize? If I'm working absolutely flat out and giving it my absolute maximum 24-7, then I probably got room to, to criticize these teams. But, sure. you know, they're better than me. They're at the top of the game. Whatever they're doing works for them. So, you know, fair dues. GG's, you know. That's true. You, you have a point there. I'll be in the they're audience, winning. you know. Like you said, they're winning. Can't yeah. I can't say anything, right? Like I can, I can talk all the shit about their work ethic all I want. But, I mean, they're there. I'm not. They're winning. I'm not. So, exactly. Day, so it's like, you know, if it works for them, it works for them. I guess for me, it's like as a person who loves, it is growing a love for esports and for Apex. Is I don't want to say disheartening, but like in this kind of ideal mindset, it would be like 
it'd be great to see people take this stuff more seriously for for NA to be respected no, I, for their work. Yeah, ethic. I agree with you on that one. I definitely definitely and, agree and with you on that one. For people to not look at my region like hey, you guys are shitters, right? It's like it's how I feel about the the the, the, the men's soccer team for the United States. <laughs> The women's soccer team, fucking <laughs> legends, absolute legends, right? But it's it's just one of those things where I and maybe maybe the pros themselves don't get it, you know? Like you said, they're playing ranked twelve hours a day, they're aim lap training, they're doing this, they're doing that, like they're doing VOD review, they're getting coached. Like maybe we don't need scrims as much as we do, as often as we do, right? Like maybe once a week scrim on your off time right because yeah, like you said think, as long as you're playing you're playing you're playing a game you're, you're being you're keeping your mechanics fresh or moving i don't know but this is it's it. not it's like just, it's not like teens play um, there isn't a perfect recipe for being successful and you know it is what it is and i think that the results do all the talking so sure i guess the other thing too is it's the idea of seasons is different right like in a traditional sport you do have off season where you don't play against other teams you do chill you just practice and then you get better and that's what they're doing, I guess. So I can talk shit, but it's, it's just one of those, like as a fan thing, my perspective is it'd be cool for my region to like be seen as respectable, yeah. or f- solid work. Ethic. Well, when you, when you will get dicked down at land then maybe you'll start screaming. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, energy, energy on top, easy claps. Uh, I'm calling it now 10 quid, sweet, sweet Kraber's Nasky's crypto drone. <laughs> I'll take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably, I would probably enjoy it, but I'll take the bet. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so yeah, uh, ALGS competitive scene in Apex is wild, but so much yeah, fun. I mean, it's been so wild the last week. I know you said you wanted to talk about Snapdown. We should probably touch on that. Oh yeah, you want? Yeah, I mean, where do we begin? Oh, I mean, what a time! What a what a time! I mean. Let's um, just let's I think skip the, the thing is I think at this review. point I think at this point the, the Snipedown thing's been talked to death. Snipedown if you, where have you been if you don't know that Snipedown's going back to Halo? Well let's talk about like, some... it looks like he's joining FaZe clan, but the, the intrigue now is on who replaces him, mm-hmm. what that might cause. There's varying mm-hmm. rumors about who mm-hmm. will who will there's gonna be a bit of like a, a transfer merry go round um of players kind of moving around after this because Snapdown leaves one of the best teams in you know Apex Legends history and it looks like that's going to be taken by the host of ESA who are the inform team and have already qualified for LAN so then you have this big open juicy spot on a roster that has a guaranteed LAN ticket should LAN happen and you know who's going to take that spot that's a a massive opportunity whoever they choose to replace the host on that roster is going to LAN they have 37 points with two weeks to go, winning two two weeks of winning is only worth twenty four points. So they cannot be surpassed by people. And if they were surpassed by a couple of teams, there's no way that they would drop out of the top ten. Not everybody can win. So right. there's no way. There's no way that they aren't making land. It's mathematically impossible. And they have to find a new teammate. So what a, what a, what an opportunity and. You know, let's, their favorite. The favorite was Rogue, and now it might be knocked. There's a whole range of people being linked with it. Yeah, it's a very exciting time. Yeah, let's not let's 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 just for the sake of consistency, let's give people the brief overview over the past week of competitive Apex and kind of what the shakeups have been for competitive Apex. 
we have we got sniped, but I mean, just other stuff that has happened over this past week, right? Like there's more than just snipe down leaving, or is that just that's, is that the main thing? Well, that that's the kind of the catalyst that's kind of caused all the drama this week. So you had you have the leaks of snipes going back to to Halo joining phase, right? I so think yeah, first of all, not an official I, statement yeah, we ever came out. It, it was is, a leak. It is official now. It, it is now, but, T- but but TSM have tweeted. They haven't actually, there's been no formal announcement, but he's done his goodbye tweet. They talked about it on stream. You know, the leaks right. were confirmed. TSM have done a tweet with a sad face with the picture of the three of them. Right. So there isn't a formal him joining phase yet, but it it's it is it's happening. Like it would be the biggest dupe in Apex history if it wasn't. Right. Um and he's literally so, yeah. been doing Halo scrims all week. So the <laughs> the official announcement never really has come out yet. Probably doesn't have to come out at this point. But it all started with with a leak, somebody accidentally. What thing was formal? Accidentally. Uh, yeah, he. Thing is, he was kicked off the team for snipe down. So he was uh, bitching yeah. on stream, and he says he didn't realize that it wasn't announced yet. But that's pretty I rookie. Mm, I feel like. But mm. so then that so the snipe down departure was the catalyst then for, well, who's going to replace snipe down? And right. it was very quickly kind of pieced together that the host of East, Team Esports Arena who has been ranking with TSM all week, uh, has been in long Discord calls and Discords uh, off-stream all week, um, plays the same role, you know, playing the Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to replace him, and that is also confirmed. So that's been confirmed. And that was confirmed by his teammate talking his shit. His right. teammate said that he is leaving them for clout and money and that they're just getting fucked. Um, mm-hmm. So... So then you have this other spot then on ESA, who, like I said, are one of the best and have a land spot. Mm-hmm. So people were suggesting that it was going to be Rogue. Rogue's been ranking with the two remaining ESA members all week. He tweeted, Valkyrie grind begins, which would be his role on the team if he was to play, replace for Holst. Right. He's recently announced that he's going to be re- coming back to comp if he can find a good team. Both right. the ESA players replied to his tweet with the eye emoji. Um, but then you have, was it last night, night before? Knocked, who was playing with Torrent, has left Torrent after one week. Why has he left Torrent? Why did he leave after only one week? Is he going to ESA? Have they suddenly changed their mind on Rogue? Is Rogue no longer joining? Did Knocked suddenly say, oh, I'll play with you? And they were like, oh, great. So you have this kind of... So the 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 Snipe leaving confirmed 100%. The host leaving confirmed 100%, even without an official announcement. We know that's Mm -hmm. happening. Then you have this kind of this feeding frenzy now for the ESA spot because it's so lucrative. It gets you to land, guaranteed. And then you kind of have the fallout of whatever happens there. So who's going to go to Torrent now that Nog's left? Right. It, this is, this is and then, like you said, this carousel this where, of, of and chaos. this is under this is this is under the background of that the rosters lock on the first of December. So you cannot change your team after the first of December. Oh, so you have a literally a week a week today a week as of recording is when everything has to be settled out. So there's going to be some twitchy people. There's going to be some people at the bottom of the Pro League that are thinking, well, you know what? You're a bit shit. And actually, this guy's available. Mm-hmm. So why not? So I think it's going to. It's interesting times. I I still think that uh, Rogue will be the one going to ESA. I think that if Noct goes, then I think no matter what, Rogue was the planned, the planned third member for ESA. Right. There's too much. There's too much. The ranking with them all week, when he's never ever played with them in my history. I've never known him to play with either of the two guys. 
playing Valkyrie suddenly when he's never ever shown any interest he's never in playing touched Valkyrie. Valkyrie. He's never touched Valkyrie, yeah. The replies to the tweets. Drop replied to Rogue's tweet about Valk saying congratulations on a great new team. Um, for, for this, so he for he was the plan. Now the, the thing, full disclosure, full disclosure, maybe biased because we are Rogue, we are Rogue Mars well, and Rogue. If you Rogue, if you listen to this, uh, please don't fire us. Okay, thanks, we love you. <laughs> well, he's not gonna fire us because you know saying facts is that these are, I, I, that was my inkling. But now in the last sort of forty hours, you have this development of not leaving yeah. Torrent, mm-hmm. and I think. Here's, here's my my take on it is if Noct ends up on ESA they chose to not take Rogue I think that Rogue was the plan mm-hmm. and that if somehow Noct ends up on ESA then that is as a result of a, of a, a last minute change right. now would Rogue go to Torrent would Rogue be just pissed off and upset by you know losing his lance position probably you know why would they choose Noct over Rogue? You know, you'd have to ask those guys. Rogue has plenty of land experience, but Noct again has been in the sea more recently. You know, were, would they was Noct their first choice? And Noct said, "No, I'm joining Torrent instead," or or what? Uh, like, there's a whole right. bunch going on here. What's what's the whole, what's the what's the hullabaloo? We we will see. You know, if Rogue goes to ESA, then there'll be no merry-go-round. Really, like there will have to be someone join Torrent, obviously, because Nox Bro- left. Nox left yeah. Torrent. Regardless. So you know that is what it is. Um, I kind of maybe I maybe a little bit of me feels like if he was joining ESA, he wouldn't have just left Torrent. He would have waited for the official announcement. Maybe. Do you think? Do you think we'll Noct is like but, hedging his bets? Or maybe and... he just didn't like playing with Torrent that one week. You know, it could maybe be a complete could, could unrelated. Yeah. We're kind of guessing here. The facts right, are absolutely. Noct has Noct has left Torrent. The facts are that Rogue has been doing all the things you would expect him to do if he was about to join ESA. Right. Um, and the fact is that nothing's confirmed on that end. We've had no leaks on that. We've had leaks on everything else. It'd be a great yeah. time to have some more leaks, please. Um, but there is <laughs> if anybody knows, please DM. Yeah, us. if anybody knows, I can write. I can. I can form another article out of this whole situation. It would do me wonderfully. Um, but that's where we're at, and it's exciting. I tell you why it's exciting because we're in a scene that's healthy enough where people actually care about this stuff. It's actually interesting. The scene's healthy yeah. and deep enough. Fascinating. That players can move around it's the kind of thing that does generate like the articles i've written have done really well because people are interested and i think people are starting to get more into the scene like in like say like football soccer who like transfer deadline day and you know the transfer window is one of the most exciting times of the season for a lot of football fans mm-hmm. it's a big deal you know you have the transfer deadline day people literally the, take the, the day off work agents. here in the uk people literally take the day yeah. off work in the uk to watch sky sports news transfer deadline day special there was yeah. a petition for it to be a bank holiday in the UK that got like a hundred thousand <laughs> signatures. <laughs> oh my gosh, like, that's insane! Yeah, that's it, you know, it's a big deal, and I feel like we're getting there with Apex now, where people don't just want to see who wins the tournaments; they're interested in the scene as a whole, the storylines, right? Like the, the entire thing. Exactly. Is so it yeah, makes it's fascinating. It, it helps to add to a more healthy overall scene. So I think that yeah. the takeaway from all the shit this week is that we're getting in. We're get, you know we're having a more healthy developing scene. Yeah, it's it's definitely the 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 in involvement of things over the past week, like you said, and at this as as of recording, it's it's the twenty fourth of November. This episode will probably release by Sunday. You know, very close to the transfer deadline, so yeah. so tune tune in. 
uh, might have to have you come back next week if we can. For after I should, I should, I should add, I should add some live information for you that I've literally just seen. Tonight is the BFC uh, Apex qualifiers, and Verhulst is playing with Hallen Reps for the first time. Oh. So there's been no official announcement, but the command in his Twitch chat is saying Verhulst is playing with Hallen Reps for BFC tonight, which makes it sound like it's a one-time thing, but obviously we know it isn't. Yeah. But so he he is he's gone. He's playing with them. Snipe is not playing. Her, right. The host is in now. Are, are ESA playing BFC tonight? I'm gonna look that up right now. Who's gonna play with BFC? We might have an answer to the the drama like soon. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm gonna I'm looking at BFC right now. Um, it doesn't actually say who's playing on on Liquipedia yet, which is very disappointing. Let's see. Um. I mean, How disappointing! Thanks, Liquipedia. You let me down. Yeah, you have. You've let me down, but we'll, we'll see. So I mean, they're, they're, who, what are they on? They're on Cup Six today. Something like that, yeah. BFC's on Cup Six, right? Oh, today's Cup Eleven, I think. Qualifier. Oh, I've got Qualifier. it. I've got it. Um, ESA aren't playing today. Does it look like? So we're not going to get an answer to that one. Sad. Sad. It's a shame. Oh no, actually, I'm confused. This Wikipedia thing doesn't make any sense to me. Let me see. Yeah, no, it's all TBD. Actually, it says all TBD. It's all TBD. So we'll we'll see. What the series schedule? Yeah, I never updated a website either. Yeah, so we'll see. But we know that for sure the host is playing with TSM. So we'll we'll find out in a few hours. Does anybody on ESA stream? Uh, the host is streaming with 3.2k viewers. He really is left for clout and money. Um, <laughs> uh, would you? Yeah, hell yeah, bro. I'd be sucking those <laughs> toes if we I got some clout. <laughs> I'd be right in there. <laughs> open them up. Bro, open them up, Phil. You. Open them up, Phil. Bro, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 whatever, whatever it takes, bro. All right. Well, then, then we'll leave this podcast on a cliffhanger, and we'll have to reconvene next week. And see I'm, what yeah, the uh, con- conclusion is. I'm, I'm uh, down. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. The yeah. Question is: Will you will you get this out before all the announcements? Will this be completely moot? I know. I want my why money why oh uh, I've seen the phase two. I've seen the snap down to phase montage. Oh, uh, why are you still talking about it, guys? Uh, it's pretty <laughs> old news. Maybe I need to just drop this episode hot today. Yeah. Uh, actually, and guys, knock joined TSM, so <laughs> just not have an episode for next yeah. week. Because we, yeah, we had maybe. an episode on Monday, but maybe you just got a special spicy, special. Maybe release. you know, fresh, fresh yeah. off the press, hot news. Got to be, got to be released as quickly as possible. This is true. This is true. All right, Tom. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's been a great podcast. Of course. Um, where can it's the nice people not have you? to talk about Comp Apex uh, to myself in the bathroom while I'm showering? So it's always fun. Okay, I'm sure the I'm sure the shampoo appreciates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a three in one. Caster, analyst, oh, and journalist, you know? It's a. Panther tri- <laughs> 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 yeah, um, Pro V goes crazy on the broadcast. Oh my god. Um, but if, I mean, if people want to find me, they can find me in McDonald's begging for 20 P's. Um, they can also find me on Twitter at tagtomapex. Uh, Twitch is tomapex. And you can find me writing for esports.gg. Thank you very much for having me. It's been been a pleasure. Tom underscore Apex, always. Always, always. And then you can find Transatlantic Gaming on Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's TA Gaming underscore, I think. 
If I remember correctly. Yes, sir. And he's got the writing up. Uh, we'll make sure to put that link in the description. So if you guys oh, yeah. are reading it, take a look. Uh, thank you, Tom. Well, we're going to have to have Tom back as our uh, official, I think, apex competitive talking head. Oh, God. Only if you do it while the sun's up for me, bro. I'm not going up at 3 a.m. to talk about this. It's, it's you know, it's 11 p.m. for you. sun's down already. <laughs> Yeah, what, 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 yeah, Tom's Tom's in the UK EU time, so we're gonna have to figure that out. God save the Queen, in it. <laughs> uh, I usually have my co-host do this, my partner here. Do you have any closing remarks for the people that you want them to know about or take with them? Um, have fun, don't die. There it is. Have fun, don't die. Classic phrase. All right. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week uh, on the next episode. Uh, thank you. Goodbye.